I'm Taylor. And I'm Mackenzie. And, and we're, we're twins. twins. I like starting things and sometimes finishing them. And I love talking about television, which made us want to deep dive into TV pilots. So join us each week as we analyze, dissect, and possibly even enjoy some of television's greatest opening episodes in From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie. Welcome, welcome to From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie, where we talk about a different TV pilot every week. This week we're talking about a very special pilot, 24. And though the pilot is our main subject of discussion, as always, there will be spoilers for the rest of the series. It is our goyle. (laughs) Our goyle. It is our crab and goyle (laughs) to give as many spoilers as possible. Just kidding. But let's begin. Mackenzie, will you kick us off? Yeah, so we're going to spend the first half of our episode chatting about the pilot itself, our five key storylines. And then in the second half of our episode, we'll go over our five key questions which will help us discuss the show conceptually and the stars of the show and just its viability as a concept. And we'll be answering a very important question this week, which is, is using your position in government intelligence to hack your daughter's email good parenting? That is a great question, and I am riveted already. We'll find out. (laughs) Taylor, are you so excited to talk about Jackie Jackie Bow Bow? Oh, I'm very excited. When you mentioned the possibility of doing this show, I'll admit I had forgotten it existed, Taylor Swift style. That is a travesty. Oh my god, that you like this app. But the moment I heard those beat boops on the beginning, I was just like, oh, oh, heart attack. So yes, I'm a, very a excited. heart attack of excitement. Of course, sure. Not a heart, not a heart attack of sadness. That's well, <laughs> I will remind our listeners, if they haven't watched Twenty Four in a while, that it aired on Fox. For the first time, November 6, 2001. So we're we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary of the first part of 24. In four years, do you want to have a 24th anniversary party for this pilot? <laughs> Someone's going to do that, actually. Just watch. Maybe Our mother, be us. probably. Yeah, that's She's true. a big Jack Bauer fan. Uh, Taylor, what is your history with this show? I think you maybe just told us. Uh, my history is that this show was a major event in our household every week. I'm thinking it, it's a very violent show, but I do remember watching every episode every week and loving it. And I never had like nightmares or anything. So, pff, booyah. It was great. It, it worked out. It, 2001, we graduated in 2006. So we were... We were 14. All right. Maybe it was TV 14 in 2001. That makes sense. I remember it being some great family fun. And our mom, I don't know if she's ever loved someone as much as Jack Bauer. <laughs> so. Um, I think her grandbabies, that's the only. It's funny during this podcast, looking back and thinking of all the different shows that were weekly events in our house. Oh, yeah. And how special that was. I hope that we have that with our children. Well, There's we still watch Survivor every week. And my six and eight year old boys scream for all the challenges. So you just (laughs) got to find something you watch every week. Yeah, we watched, I mean, I at least watched all eight seasons live, loved every bit of it, even though parts were, it, it got worse. It did. And I don't think I watched the last few. I definitely didn't watch the like made for TV movie or the, the reboot that was done more recently. I just, 
in its heyday, it was great. And I just let it be. I let it stay there. And in my memory. Even, even Yvonne Strahovski couldn't make me can go back to 24. Was she in it? Which is saying something. She was in the one of the reboots. I think the latest one. Well, that's saying something about how it ended. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about the high note, which is the pilot, okay? <laughs> the first season was great. Okay, Mackenzie, uh, a very important part of this show is the real-time premise. Can you give me a the following reading? Okay. All right. I'm channeling Kiefer Sutherland, trying my best Jack Bauer voice. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. The following takes place between midnight and 1 a.m. on the day of the California presidential primary. The events occur in real time. <laughs> Your face is... <laughs> Your what face do you is think? showing me it's showing me that you believe that was a 10 out of 10 and i'll i will give you a 9 out of 10 but you know you're not kefir yeah i'm also not you, a man you're not a man there are certain physical attributes you lack <laughs> Dang it. of manhood that are, that are do we need to go us, there okay but let me try let me try all right the following takes place between midnight and 1 a.m on the day of the california presidential primary the events occur in real time. I don't know. I didn't nail it either. Which just it's... goes to show you, Kiefer is a singular talent. In this way, yes, he is. Yours started out creepy. It got a little like, you know, <laughs> it got a little Ben Wyatt from Parks and Rec talking about Bobby Newport. Bobby you know? Newport. Bobby Newport. That's, that's fair. I think we're going to leave it to Kiefer. Yes. Hit me with the real plot summary of this episode. Okay. And I'm not going to read it in Jack's voice. I'm going to read it my own. We start with Jack Bauer, agent at the L.A. Counterterrorism Unit, or CTU. He receives intel that an attempt will be made on the life of a presidential hopeful. Meanwhile, Jack's recently reconstructed home life becomes just as stressed as his teenage daughter sneaks out to meet a pair of drunk bozos for a midnight (laughs) rendezvous. How's how's that? You gotta love drunk bozos, you know? Well... Well, you don't really, but, you know, the idea. They make for good TV. Yeah, <laughs> They do. You don't There's... love them in real life. No. No, we don't. We're going to head straight into scene one. Our pilot begins with... What does it begin with? This pilot doesn't have, like, a separate scene one. In terms of setting the tone for the pilot, it certainly does in that it hits the ground running and it just goes. And it's like, this is real time. This is what's happening it doesn't give you a that scene one from Chuck where it's like, this is a show about spies and it's silly. Right. And we're going to tell you in 10 seconds in a little bubble of, of t- television, you know. So there isn't a very segregated little chunk of time that is the, the introduction for the viewers. But it does give you, you know, a government agent running through a market and then uplinking to a satellite and then moves into Jack Bauer talking with his daughter. And she gives one of the most succinct expo heavy lines i've ever seen in a pilot thus far well written it gives so much information in one line i'm so glad you moved back in daddy we learned that they were estranged and now they're back together that's just so much plot line to just put into a line it is and the the way she says it she's very much like a daddy's girl in that moment right 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 yeah that that is very well done and we'll kind of call that the opening scene, even though it's not like opening scene and then title scenes and then rest of the episode. Speaking of that, the title scenes for 24 happen right off the top, but the beep boops of the digital 24 clock, legendary. 
there's nothing else like them. I encourage you guys to go back and either on Hulu, watch the show or look it up on YouTube to find the little intro because when you see that clock counting, your adrenaline just loads up and you are so excited to watch 24. There's nothing like and, it. And then you can try and do a better Kiefer and Sutherland impression than we just did because ours were not very good. The following takes place. No, just you You do it. You do it. The following takes place between... Like that. That's a different show. Well, since this show aired in 2001, it'd be fun to go back and look at a little bit of production history of how it was made because it was actually pretty groundbreaking for what it brought to TV drama in 2001. So the creators of the show originally intended 24 to be like an action movie, which was told in real time over 24 episodes of television. And that is a pretty new concept. Yeah, I I doubt it was the first thing to be told in real time, but can you think... I can't think of another TV show that's attempted to do it. Well, and to even include the commercial breaks and count that time in and jump you right, right back into the story, that's pretty cool. Yeah, which did make it a little weird to rewatch now and just lose three minutes of time every so because often. Because we're streaming now. What is very interesting is that Fox only ordered 13 episodes of the show, which seems completely counterintuitive yeah. to that's the crazy. premise. I mean, this isn't 13, even though Fox <laughs> is Channel 13 on our tvs in but seattle if if the show had been 13 episodes it would have been dumb they did kind of make a midpoint plot wrap up with kim and terry being saved um, at that point but luckily it did not end there what's really interesting to think about also is that this show aired just two months after 9 11 and that's a pretty gutsy move considering that it revolves around terrorism and it right. will for all of its life and they actually uh, you know, in the in the pilot, we see a plane gets blown up. It's just alluded to. We see part of a, a door of a plane get blown off, but the whole plane doesn't get blown up. And that's actually something that they went back in and took out because it had aired so close to 9-11. So there was a real sense where they wanted to be a little bit less violent and visceral because the world was actually going through that in real time. Maybe right. viewers were ready to have some catharsis by watching a show about terrorism, but it's fictional and we have Jack Bauer to come save the day. Yes, I'm sure many people just wanted Jack Bauer to actually be part of the government and just get things done. Right? Come on. Right, and we just don't know what this show would have been in its later seasons had the Patriot Act and the War on Terror not progressed in that way because right. of 9-11. It also felt somewhat like a book series to me in the way that major characters were killed off. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever seen that in another show. Yeah, this was definitely long before Game of Thrones where you're getting used to seeing, you know, your protagonist or, you know, a main character being killed off. So this was something new that 24 brought where viewers had to be ready, like, oh no, anyone can die. That's pretty That's new. true. Yeah, there not a lot of focus on subverting expectations back in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't think of a lot of other shows that I have loved that have been really insular single season stories like this can you not from that time because most of the dramas we watched were serialized like er or where there's just a new story a little new little plot line each week with the same characters but in a very much procedural kind of way all right well the final thing that i have to tell you tay because i was thinking i watched the episode and i'm like does jack ever sleep but i did google this and i found one of the directors who directed a lot of episodes of 24 talked about, did Jack ever eat? And that was, that's a question. Apparently people that's get a, a lot. That's a great question. 
right? His take on it was that we always assumed that characters ate or went to the bathroom when we were showing a storyline that they weren't in. Because as we'll see, there's a there's a lot of converging storylines happening that are happening at the same time with different characters. So Jack could go potty or be taking a nap, you know, when we don't see him Jack on screen. Jack Bauer does not go potty. <laughs> I'm a mom, okay? <laughs> You're right. He, he does not. He, what, what would Jack Bauer's urination be called? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yes, that is a very important wide-ranging question. But in a real-time show, it is something you have to ask yourself at least once. I do imagine Jack Bauer popping some kind of upper at some point throughout the night in all of these episodes. Well, Mackenzie, let's get into our key storylines. Let's do it. Will you sing the key storyline song that we sing each week? I don't know why you're doing this to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, key storylines. Wow, that was, I was really trying to do it. Okay. You went for it. You went deep. I did. All right. Well, uh, we're going to start with our first key storyline. The most important person in this series, it's Jack Bauer. The, the storyline of this is seeing him as a husband, a father, and a badass. That's probably on his tombstone. Yeah. Is he dead? Do we know that? That's for another time. Yeah. He's not dead that we know of, but he lives a very active lifestyle. He's very possibly dead. He's made a lot of enemies over the years. It's very possible. Well, in the pilot, let's get back to his key <laughs> storyline. The, the pilot. The actual pilot is what we're talking about. So as we meet Jack, he is, as we mentioned, he has just returned home after a separation from his wife and his daughter, while she seems to be a liar based on later events in the pilot... She seems very happy about it. Professionally, they don't give him a title, but he seems to be maybe the head of field operations at CTU. Do they ever say what CTU means in this pilot? I think maybe we see a sign for counterterrorism unit. I could be wrong. Maybe I just know what okay. it means. Maybe. But yeah, it's in the it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, throughout the opening 20 minutes, we get so many little moments where it is proven that Jack Bauer is a badass. He's amazing at his job. You know, Nina tosses him a phone and he so just catches cool. it out of the air like a like a pro. Um, he knows that David Palmer is the target before his boss Walsh even tells him. He's just an all-around great guy, even though, well, torture notwithstanding later on. We won't go, we won't go there. And, you know, we don't know if Kiefer Sutherland is a great guy in real life. I get the vibe that he's not. But I have a fun Kiefer fact if you want to hear one. Fun keeper fact. Um, actually, there's two. Real quickly, number one, he has five middle names, so he has seven names. <laughs> Do you want to know what all of his names are? That's too many. I... It is, and I looked this up on both IMDb and Wikipedia, so those are reputable sources, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, he is Kiefer William Frederick Dempsey George Rufus Sutherland. Now, suddenly, I'm thinking that's not enough names. I think he needs more. Uh, more? I don't know why he... Why would you do that? <laughs> now, this is uncanny, Okay. I'm not even pandering to the audience listening when I say I literally did not know this and it is like God loves our podcast because <laughs> I found out through my research, I keep wanting to call him Pierce Brosnan, no, um, different spy movie, Kiefer Sutherland has a fraternal twin sister. That is I amazing. Mean, like, what are the odds? I, I'm sure that other characters will be twins that we talk about, I don't know, but... I think that's pretty cool. Is it blasphemous slash sacrilegious to say approved by God on the podcast now that uh, we know this? 
No, I don't think because of because in our first episode it was created by our pair of twins. So you know, stamp of approval. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. There's no lightning bolts coming. <laughs> so yes, given what we see in the pilot, all you really need to know is that Jack Bauer is amazing. Mackenzie, will you move us on to key storyline number two? Yes, we've got another Bauer, Kim Bauer, and we see here that she is a reckless teenager, and that's not going to mm-hmm. go well for anyone. The nope. the main thing that I was screaming the whole time that I feel like you can share with me here is just, Kim, don't get in a van. Just just never mm. get in a van. <laughs> When there's strange people that you don't know. That van looked so sketchy. The the black lights and the uh, front. Ugh. Okay. It was bad. Okay. Don't it get in a bad. van with black lights. I mean, this is just being a person 101. I did you, know. when you saw this, did you look back to your high school experience and think that high school Mackenzie might have gotten in the van? No. All I was thinking was she was smarter than Kim. So. What if Michael Renneker was in the van? Oh my. <laughs> uh michael i hope you're listening he he was my my high school crush before i met my husband okay uh we're not gonna go there thank you taylor for outing me um you know we see kim she's some high school age the daddy's girl who actually is sneaking out and she goes with these boys with her friend her friend janet who seems like a real show just going going to a furniture store they go to party at a furniture that store. that was very weird when they mentioned furniture store, it, you know, before they get there, I was like, oh, maybe it's going to be this cool rave. And then it's just the four of them in a well-lit <laughs> furniture store with mannequins and... Well, there's a lot of seating to hang out. That's true. A lot yeah, of beds to lie down on. Yeah, it's that's true. That's all we'll we say. We don't need to go there. <laughs> and this is where we're going to get to our, our question we asked at the beginning. Would we, we use our government power to hack our daughter's email? Now, Taylor and I are both parents. What do you think? Well, safety of the child above all is an important part of it. (laughs) I mean, I say piss them off. And actually, in this day and age, all the parenting things say, like, if your teen has a smart device, which this was 2001... You are allowed to have their passwords. It's it's known that you had them. You you don't have Mm. you don't need to hack into anything because it's a it's a shared responsibility anyway i love the jack side of this him going to the hacker girl in ctu and saying hey could you get uh, all the known passwords from this phone number and she's like do you have a warrant like uh what if i don't and she says is it important (laughs) (laughs) i love that that is that is how things work at ctu yeah that's how the government works i also love in in regards to kim you know in the beginning of the episode and it goes throughout but Jack is talking to his wife, Terry, and she's, of course, frantic, also looking for their daughter. And there's several times that he says, like, we'll deal with this when I get back. You know, they're on the phone or like, you know, don't worry, oh, no. I'll, I'll come back tonight. And it's kind of like this foreshadowing to like, this is 24. There's, you know, 23 more episodes. I don't think you're coming back tonight. He's got to be he's got to be a government agent and a dad. And sometimes you like don't don't get to be both in the same moment. If Brian was hired at CTU, what would you do? Get a nanny, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no nanny in the world is going to be able to control Kim Bauer. Yeah, I true. do love the final line of the episode given by Kim Bauer's friend, Rick, who says... Slash kidnapper. Wink. I love that he says, the night's just getting started, which... In his stoner voice means the party is just getting started but also this night of 24 hours 
is gonna be crazy it's gonna be a long line and and what a funny character to have say that about the rest of the show the right. the stoner you know kidnapper well mm-hmm. kim you're getting a lot of trouble and it's gonna cause you and your mom a lot of trouble throughout this whole oh boy this whole season so yikes mm-hmm. well let's head into key storyline number three somebody else who's in trouble the plot against david palmer a lot of people in trouble but i'll say right now dennis haysbert 2020 dennis haysbert being the actor who plays david palmer guy from the all-state ads if you haven't watched 24 he is just so lovable and trustworthy i would vote for him right now for sure he he's majestic just listening to that deep voice i'm like i'll do i'll do anything but i'll vote for you man you just lead the country i hope you don't get assassinated I'll admit the number one thing that I thought when I first saw Dennis Haysbert come onto the scene was I've never seen anyone look more f- physically similar to Mackenzie. Well, uh, that's not true. <laughs> and I'm four foot eight. I am tiny. I don't have a square jaw or tall, broad shoulders. And I'm I'm so white. I'm like almost translucent. So, you know. Maybe it's I because I just see so much strength in you as a person. Thank you. And, and my deep voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You do no. a great Hazebert. Thank you. It, the plot against David is really where the show, the, the pilot begins. And then right. we're going to see that play out through the entire first season. And then we get to have President Palmer back again when he becomes the president for several seasons. He's really, I think, one of my favorite characters of the whole franchise. For sure. For sure. He's, he's legit. I Can I say one more thing about David? Certainly. He does this moment with his wife where he's flirting with her and he's like pretending to be a bear and he like comes and he growls at her, which, you know, the deep voice thing, it kind of works, but it was just the most awkward, hilarious flirting ever. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm trying to imagine any other president doing that and taking him seriously. Oh boy, yeah. We don't see a ton about David Palmer's politics or that much about the character, but we do get that moment. We're shown that he is just seemingly a good, nice guy. Yeah, his staffers really seem to like him. Right. And yeah, what more do you really need in a pilot? I guess you could you could say. There is some hint that something is afoot or underhanded in you know, separate from the assassination plot. He gets a call from a reporter asking him about something. I don't think they give us any clue. No, there's just some allegations that are coming against him. And random allegations, but yes. yeah, they don't We're left to that. wonder. That leads into key storyline number four the plane you mentioned a plane exploding so spoilers the plane explodes but i think this was the the best twist in this episode was the switch of the villain from this shady looking photographer guy to the normal seeming but clearly very shady assassin woman that he is flirting with the whole time my my whole thought was so we get this guy who seems kind of like a creep on a plane and he's like when do we land and we're like "Ooh, this is this is the assassin coming Mm -hmm. and then this girl is sitting next to him and they're just like really flirting and it seems like she's really coming on to him and my thought is like do they really not want us to like him because he just seems skeevy i'm gonna do an impression of the woman right now all right have i ever seen any of your pictures that's pretty much it you guys don't even need to watch the episode now boom that was great you know and and the flirting leads to some special moments in the bathroom which you know 
again, I, th- I, I think, oh, I don't, I don't like you guy. Like, this is gross that you're willing to do that. And she's like, oh, do you want to hang out when I'm in LA? And he's like, no, I'll be busy. So they're really setting us up, aren't they? They, they set the pins up and then they knocked him right over when she blew up the plane. It did make me think she's casually placing the charge around the edge of the door putting the bomb up there, putting on her goggles flight and her, suit her or whatever. flight suit and parachute. And I'm thinking, she looks so practiced. How do you practice this? They build a fake plane and she does it a la like, you know, Ocean's Eleven or something. <laughs> with, her, with her bad guy ring. <laughs> I, I thought it was very fun to save this, you know, obviously for the later part of the pilot where they've really convinced us that this photographer is going to be the guy. And then to change it and have her immediately, like it's so quick, which is which was kind of a fun way to like get my adrenaline going at the end of the episode to be like, I need totally. to find out what's about to happen, you know, in the next episode. And she blows up the door and goes out and then the whole plane, it's alluded to later that the whole plane blows up. Yeah, that I want to know what, what happens. So I think it was a smart way to, the misdirect was really useful because it makes you want to know more. Yeah, totally. I think you could use this in a screenwriting class to say, we're telling a larger mystery story, but we want to hook people and not make them wait. So let's tell a tiny mystery and just wrap it up perfectly. And, and I think they do. It was a lot of fun. I feel like we could talk so much about the details, but let's move on to our last key storyline before we get to our key questions. And that is to the CTU crew. There's a lot going on here. That sounds like a great little hip hop group or something. The CTU yes. crew. I... I'm Mackenzie trying is to do break some dancing hip-hop. right now. And it's am, really great. I am on my head and I'm spinning. Where did you get it's that great. cardboard? I used to be able to do the worm and now I can't. And my kids <laughs> try to have me do it. And I have bad shoulders because I'm old. It's sad. Okay. She's doing the worm right now. <laughs> CTU is a very green, you know, 2000s, darkly lit, weird tint place. It definitely sets the tone as like, don't trust anyone. Yeah, the, and there's the a, there's a, like the staircases to all these different levels and like special offices with doors that shut, and then you're like, what's happening behind these closed doors? It's a very interesting use of of the setting, I guess, but mm-hmm, it feels mm-hmm. creepy. And I kept wondering if this was 2020, what would this look like? What tech do they actually have in 2001? But there are some interesting power relational dynamics. You know, Jack and Nina alluded to that they have been intimate. Nina and Tony that they've been intimate. Jack and Tony don't kind of trust each other, but Jack needs to needs Tony to get things done. It does not sound like a very fun place to work. No, it doesn't. And do you have any indication when you're watching the pilot what Nina's role is going to be in this season? <sighs> Ugh. It's a great question because I thought all the other characters were set up in terms of their personality. Even Tony, it's like, okay, he's a competent, but kind of skeptical, I do what I want type of agent. Like everyone gets at least a little bit of backstory. Mm-hmm. Nina is so hard to read. And I don't know if they're just, you could you could ask like, are they just saving this for a bigger reveal about their romantic history? Right. But now knowing that Nina, spoilers, kills Terry and is the mole. That She's the mole. Yeah, now everything I'm looking like, okay, so maybe they're just pulling everything back from Nina to let us fill in what we see as like a good character. 
And now I just see all these tiny glances like, oh, she's definitely evil. And they did a terrible job of hiding it. But because Well, I- and you know, actually what I see is that they try to get us to not like her because we see Jack has just gotten back with his wife, Terry, and we want to root for them. Mm-hmm. And she seems like a great lady. And with Nina, it's alluded to that now she's with Tony, but it's obvious that she has been with Jack. And there's all this sexual tension and she like knows way too much about his life and is like super involved, which again, you would be like the mole would want to try to be really involved. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is a bit of a, another misdirect subtly where we're not supposed to like her because she's trying to get in between Jack and his wife, but actually we really don't like her because she's a backstabbing traitor. Murderer. Some words yeah. that I won't use on this podcast. Mackenzie, no. that was very well said. And quick aside, our mother's name is Nina and she's always called Nina. So I love that growing up, if we ever got a call for asking for Nina, we'd be like, telemarketer and just hang up. Right? Well, Mm -hmm. we love Nina, and I don't know any Ninas in real life, but blessings to you. Don't backstab anybody. (laughs) Let's not forget the most interesting part of the episode, which is Jack Bauer tranking his boss's boss, seemingly on the smallest hunch in the world. And luckily he's right, but what kind of career is he setting up where he just like, hmm, I'll just do this and just hope. It is definitely a intense move. And we're wondering, is this the first time he's done this? Or he's he's coming back from, you know, a hard time with his personal life? Is he just kind of like going for it right now? <laughs> just trying to get things done? You know, the ends justify the means. Trank anybody you want if you're Jack Bauer. Luckily, he's right 100% of the time. If he wasn't, the show would be over very quickly. And I mean, this is this is like benign compared to every other thing that Jack ends up doing to like fudge figuring out who terrorists are and like capturing them. So tranking right. is like, you know, child's play. But it was very, <laughs> in, in a pilot, you're seeing like, oh, he's willing to like play with a different rule book to see what happens. And they're, they're setting up this idea that there are bad people within this government agency right. kind of dropping that breadcrumb this really does seem like a terrible place to work so (laughs) putting all my faith in the government yeah a lot of gray area here well those are our five key storylines and i had so much fun rewatching this i'm pretty sure i'm gonna watch the rest of the season oh yeah i'm gonna rope my husband into watching it i i don't know if you've seen it before he didn't watch a lot of tv in his day so he's in for a treat i mean i might have to watch season three season four not season two it's the worst one what yeah when when jack is flying a nuclear bomb over the desert to detonate it he's gonna sacrifice himself i mean they went too big too fast just being like yeah and there's a bomb like there's a nuclear bomb of course that's that's where they're gonna go they are kind of the writers of 24 are kind of famous for like riding themselves into a corner and then having to like back their way out but it always made it fun to watch yeah, how can we top the last thing? It's tough to do, which is what made seasons five through eight a little less yeah. interesting. Until that nuke went off, that was pretty interesting. Do you remember that? I, I do. I remember being very stressed out. All right, key questions. Number one, Mackenzie, does this pilot, and I don't mean the pilot of the plane, have a message? Don't get in a van with strange guys. Yep. <laughs> if that's your one takeaway, that is a solid takeaway. What's yours? I had a similarly very important message, which was don't become intimate in an airplane bathroom. No, oh, yeah. No, don't do I, that. Well, yeah, I think the main thing that this pilot is trying to express is don't mess with Jack Bauer. Yes, he is a boss. Maybe also just that the world is 
very crazy. I don't know, but yes. And you can't trust anybody? You can't trust photographers or girls on planes or anyone in CTU? You can know. trust David Palmer slash Dennis Haysbert. That's all. That's what I got yeah. out of it. <laughs> That's it. To sell you insurance. Okay. Key question number two. Do they land the plane or pull a Sully? Which is really just another way of saying, do these creators of the show actually accomplish what they set out to do? Or is it a, a sullied landing? We'll find out. What do you think, Tay? You're making me want to get like a pull a silly like t-shirt with a cartoon picture of Tom Hanks as silly. All that said. I, I hope we do that. <laughs> I do think they land the plane. I think it can be said that there's never been a show like 24. Um, I mean, I'm talking about the series in general at the moment, but like no show could really attempt to copy it and hope to succeed. Like you could do the real-time premise. That wouldn't be hard, but. You can't really copy Jack Bauer and try and keep the tension and stakes up the way that right. they do. For the actual pilot, I think that it, it kind of checked all the boxes. I mean, it used tight character setups for most of the main characters. It didn't really try to force big exposition dumps for anyone. It set up a you know a pretty intriguing direct question you know what is going on with this assassination attempt and then it, it more hinted at you know are both his daughter and wife okay you know it ends with kim clearly something's gonna happen there and i definitely didn't trust that guy that kim, that tara was with so they asked a right. good question there as well and it just stoned a big spotlight on its very likable and intriguing protagonist of jack bauer so the the viewer comes away with Will this guy do anything to get the job done? I want to know what he's going to do. It'll be interesting, which is where you want your viewer to be. Absolutely. I, I think they spend the right amount of time on the, the storylines and the characters that you you really want to know more about. And then they live, leave a little breathing room, like especially with President Palmer or Senator Palmer. He hasn't been <laughs> elected yet. The rest of the show carries that where I do want to know what's happening and what this allegation is, but I'm really excited to see what happens with Jack and the daughter. So they set up a very compelling story. And I think it helps that they have such an interesting vehicle of the 24-hour thing where I just want to see that happen. Right. So they have a lot going for them. And I'm very surprised that only 13 episodes were picked up initially because I just... I want to know more. Are so. you bummed that they didn't talk more about Tony's soul patch? Well, in 2001, <laughs> that was probably just the cool so facial cool. hair style. So cool. <laughs> He's rocking it. He definitely is. All right, question number three. Who is the breakout star? Remember, this can either be someone who broke out and became super famous or who you think just defines this episode and makes it what it is. I refuse to answer to this question. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm not going to answer. She's not going to answer. That means she thinks that <laughs> she's the breakout star. Agreed. Yeah. I'm mad because Chloe is not oh. in this episode. Chloe. Her is a character. She comes in in season three, season right? Season three, yes. Her dynamic with Kiefer Sutherland, with Jack Bauer, and just her as a character, it just adds something that the show needs and... Let's be honest. I don't even know how much more she goes on to do, but I will love Chloe forever. And and really, I think Kiefer was already a star, so I don't know if there really is a breakout star. And so I'm like campaigning for Chloe, even if she's not in the pilot. And I'm sorry because that goes against what our podcast show talks about, but here we are. 
Mary Lynn Rajskub, I think is Rajskub. Is her name? Is Chloe's name? Did you find a breakout star? I similarly wish that Chloe had been in it. Because, yes, the... It's almost like it's it makes CTU home for the viewer to have Kiefer and, and Chloe yes. have that relationship. Without them, it just makes this season so much more stressful. There's not any moments of relief or the tension being broken, which I'm guessing is why they brought Chloe in. Because this is all... We're, we're sprinting the whole time totally. without her. But yeah, all that being said, Kiefer is really the only answer um, in terms of making the show, you know, a must-see event. And he still had a, a couple of big post-24 successes, so I don't really know who else could be debated. I think Alicia Cuthbert had a couple of movies, but... She plays Kim, and I, I did think about her, but she just kind of plays the suggestive girl next door in most her movies, so we're not really seeing much for her. I think Kiefer wasn't a, wasn't a household name in terms of like people our right. age or slightly older. So, it brought him into more stardom, which is mm-hmm. which is great cuz this show was a fun spotlight oh. for him. Well, we had a hard time picking our breakout star. Did you choose a twin of the episode or of the series? What do you think, Tay? My twin is based on our haircuts. Okay. It's Terry Bauer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, that is delightful. As I watched the pilot with my wife, she said a few things about her haircut. You know, it's 2001, whatever, but. Was Lorian just like giving you a sick burn right there? I love that <laughs> so much. It wasn't a burn. No, it was just a burn on Terry. Oh. I'm only, I'm only equating our haircuts right now. <laughs> That's but really you know, a- apart from the haircut... She seems to be a good mom. She's overly trusting, which I think I am too. Like I would, again, I would not get in the car with that guy. But I'm not Jack. I'm not Kim. I'm not Tony. You're not Nina. How dare we even speak of her? Yeah. I'm not Nina. Maybe I'm George Mason. He's shady. You're not shady. You're Senator Palmer. You are reliable. You have great bone structure, you know. It's great. I I have being, seen you flirt with your wife. It's similar. Being equated to Senator Palmer is the highlight it, of my day. It's a high honor. <laughs> All right, who's yours? For for equal reasons that this was hard to to pick out because this is it's a sinister group in a lot of ways. Maybe we need these people on their best day when they're not working at CTU, and then we could find <laughs> you know find a more human version of them. I said Tony, and you really didn't like right. him, which you know it's fine. Tony Almeida, he, I really grow to love him throughout the series, and he has a love interest with another agent named Michelle later on, and it's very sweet, but in this- Oh, no. I know, she dies. It's sad. No, I forgot wah, about wah. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. Tony's sad. Why? Sad Tony. In in this pilot episode, Tony, he's loyal to CTU in, in the way that I see it with Nina. You know, he's like, he wants things done right. He doesn't want Jack to blow it. You guys, Taylor is so sad thinking about Michelle- I wish you could I see forgot his, about her. I wish you could see his face. Uh, I'm literally, I might cry actually. Well, this is the end of our show. Um, <laughs> you going to be okay? I'll be okay. You may pass a beer over Zoom. Okay. Honestly, it was, it was his skepticism and his loyalty, which I am both of those things. And 
I can be critical when I think someone might be doing something wrong. And so that's really the only thing I could find. Maybe it's good that we didn't find ourselves in anyone here. That's a good point. Are you <sighs> Are you okay? Have you recovered? <sighs> yeah, that's a no. Yes, you I'm, look, fine. You, I'm fine. He looks like wow. his, one, his one-year-old son right now. Just It's also making me feel very old that thinking of how many years have passed since I've thought about Michelle and how sad that was. But yes, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. On on such a fun note, we're going to ask our final key question, <laughs> which is, <laughs> would you pick up the show if you were a TV exec? And you could you could say this now in 2020 or back in 2001, if you saw the pilot and got this pitch to you, would you pick it up and put it to series? What network do I work for? I'm going to say like NBC or Fox or ABC, like a, a primetime network. I forgot my power suit. So I'm wearing a, a white polo with a little alligator on it. But I would definitely pick up the series. Certainly the real-time premise mixed with the espionage plot hints at how intense the show is going to be. And based on this pilot, I'm just thinking if every hour can be like this, right. I will order at least four seasons. Yes. You know, we mentioned comedy creep with Seinfeld. The power creep of like how big can the stakes be for a threat against America can't go on forever so i wouldn't expect the show to go on for eight years like it did but i would definitely order four seasons of this what about you you work for telemundo telemundo okay that caught me off guard (laughs) i could i could see you trying to come up with some spanish right there (laughs) it's okay like uh what am i wearing i don't know i'm gonna say like a pink power suit because that sounds really fun to me just hot pink Mm -hmm. some great high heels okay I'm thinking about it even in that time of 2001 after 9-11 and I think there is almost a catharsis to getting to focus your fears and your you know hopes in the government actually be able to handle themselves in something like this show. So while some people would maybe question the appropriateness of it, I from what actually happened, people really latched on and had their star. They had their guy, Jack Bauer, who could do anything. Totally. I, w- I would say yes. And honestly, me in my pink power suit, I am appalled that they only picked up 13 episodes. There's so much that the viewer wants to see. And maybe they didn't think they could tell a whole story over 24 episodes. I don't know. I think it's crazy. I would definitely pick it up. There's, it's not a perfect pilot. And as we look back on it now, we can kind of see with a 2020 lens of what might need to be different. But honestly, I can't imagine watching that pilot and not immediately wanting to know what happens next. And there are many shows that do not have that quality at all. So I'm saying yes, and I'm glad that they picked it up because we got a lot of fun seasons of 24 out of that. Very true. A lot of Dennis Haysbert. Luckily. Rest in peace. President Palmer. <laughs> and his brother became president, which I don't think that's ever happened in real life. But That is interesting. There Wasn't there also note. a president who was like a mole for some other organization? There was a lot of weird There was a lot there of were weird some moments. weird presidents. But then Cherry Jones, she was a great female president. Liked her a lot. Would have voted for her too. All that said, 24, two thumbs up, four thumbs up for the twins, five thumbs up. I don't know who the fifth thumb is, but Kiefer's Kiefer's twin sister, maybe. Aw, Kiefera, yeah. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> well, thank you for sticking with us through all the silliness. If you haven't watched Twenty Four Pilot yet, please do. It's so good. 
let me give us a little teaser for next week. So I'm going to play the theme song for next week's show. Well, I'm never going to look at a digital clock again the same way. I'm only going to ever think about Jack Bauer. Seriously, if you need an adrenaline rush, if you need some motivation to get some things done during these pandemical times, just watch the little opener right there because it's going to jack you up. You're going to be like, yeah, let's do it. It's like lifting a ton of weights. Jack you up. Yeah. Double meaning. I didn't even try to do that. It worked perfectly. It (laughs) it was such a a fun look with our Jackie boy. Jackie, Jackie, bow, bow. Woo-woo. Mackenzie... How can our listeners learn more? Well, we'd love to hear from you about what pilots you want us to dissect and deep dive. We love interacting with our listeners. So if you want to come to fromthetoppod.com, you can find anything you need there, show notes from these current episodes, our social media channels to come say hello. And you can even sign up for our newsletter there, which will happen someday. We really love interacting with you, and we are so grateful that you're listening to our show. If you're having a good time, why not tell a friend and subscribe? We'll see you next week. Bye.